Welcome to the Real Estate Trainer Podcast with your host, Brian Eisenhower. This podcast is brought to you by Eisenhower Coaching and Consulting. ICC provides customized and structured coaching and training programs for real estate agents and team leaders, representing many of the top producing agents in North America. ICC also offers broker and owner consulting on agents recruiting, training, and retention. For more info, visit EisenhowerCoaching.com or find us on Facebook. You know what most agents do, many of you do, is you get your commission check, tell yourself you provide the best customer service for some reason, and then never call them again. Horrible. Horrible. How we can kind of systematize getting business referred to us from our existing clients we're working with. Okay. This is a big one. Okay. This is a big one. And a lot of people overlook this and are not systematic about this. And this is something we can all improve on in a big, big way. And this is where I think the system comes into play. And I want to explain, first of all, why we do it, how we do it, and then how we put a system around it. And you really need to know all three things to have this work. Otherwise, it's just going to be one of those things you learn, get excited about, and it never really materializes for you, which happens so much in this industry. So what I'd like to do is first tell you a little bit about why we do it. And why we focus on developing business referrals from people we're currently working with. And that could be people we're just showing homes to, you know, people that, you know, we're going to list their property. We've got their cop property listed. We know we're going to list it six months from now. Could be people that we have under contract, uh, anywhere that we are starting to work and provide customer service. Understand the highest rate of referrals will always come from the people that you are working with actively okay so whoever you're actively working with then you have the highest percentage of receiving referrals for them if and this is a huge if you must ask them for the referrals do not if you don't ask them you're not going to get any that's the crazy thing a lot of us just say well i hope they refer people to me they don't do that (laughs) I'm just here to tell you, it is very, I mean, that happens from time to time. Certainly not while you're working with somebody though. When you're working with someone, that is when you get the highest percentage of referrals, if you ask. But if you ask, that is when you're going to get responses. So the key is to ask. And then the second key is to do it with the people you're currently working with. Okay. And we're going to talk about how you ask in a minute without a doubt. Here's why they think about this, okay? So there's there's a thing called a RAS, okay? Up here in your brain. And it's called a reticular activating system. Commonly referred to in the neurologic world or whatever of science as your RAS, your reticular activating system. And it's located between your brain and your spinal cord right back here in your um, brain stem is what it's called. And your RAS, the way that it operates, and here's the best way to explain it to you. It 
if you're, let's say we're all, we've all been in the market for a car, okay? And let's say you're out there looking for a car and you're like, you know what? I've earned it. I'm going to get myself a luxury sedan. So I'm not sure what I'm looking for. You know, I, I know there's some cool Mercedes is out there. Maybe I'm a BMW guy. I don't know though. I kind of like the Lexus. I don't know what I'm doing. So it's not my market, so I don't know. But let's say you're out there looking, right? And you can't decide. When you are in the market for a new car, that is the one time you pay attention to the make and model of every freaking car on the road. I mean, it's hard to keep your eye on the road. You're driving around and you're looking at the back of every car, like almost getting in accidents. Like, what is that? What kind of car is that? And what? that's the M3 or that's the C50 or, or that's the whatever seat, you know? So you're looking and you, oh, that's a cool car. What's that? You know, and you're like, well, that's a Genesis. Okay, wow. Like all of a sudden you're looking at all these different types of cars because your reticular activating system is up, right? You're in tuned. Okay. You're now the minute you get a car, your RAS goes down and you're not so in tuned. It's almost instinctive for a period of time. You instinctively are looking at every single car on the road. That's a great way to say it. So this RAS becomes this temporary instinct, right? And so that's the way it works. It just heightens that awareness. So everything you see looks like that. It's almost like being on the internet nowadays. Like, it's like you don't have a RAS anymore. Google does. So, it, you know, if, if Google knows you're looking for something, everywhere you go, Google's showing you ads for it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, that is really creepy when you think of it that way. It's like, you're, it's like the matrix has taken your RAS out of your head and put it into the interwebs. And now, sorry, I just got really sci-fi on you, but you get it. That's the idea. And the same thing happens with houses when people are looking for a car or looking for a house. Um, what they do is, you know, when they're getting ready to buy a house, let's say it's the holidays and they talk to their wife and the spouse, whatever, and they decide we're going to, we're going to start looking for a house this coming summer. Let's move this summer. Let's look. I don't think these prices are ever going to go down. We better make the move if we're going to make the move. Right. So they've decided they're going to move. They haven't got a timeline together. So their RAS is up, right? So maybe they, they move into the winter and the spring throughout those two whole months thinking, okay, let's start looking at stuff. So we're looking online whenever it feels like it. All of a sudden we're finally paying attention to those just listed and just sold posts that we're seeing from our realtor friends on Facebook. They might even bop into an open house here or there because their RAS is up. Here's what also happens when they go to their kids' sporting events, when they go to church, when they go to social gatherings, they find other people that have bought recently that are thinking about buying too, and they cluster with them. That's what their RAS does. I mean, it's, they do, they like, they, they huddle up and they talk about where are you buying? Oh yeah, why that? Are you having problems with school districts? I'm having problems with school districts. What are you gonna do for private school? Blah, blah, blah. And, they, and they find people like them and they just, da, da, da. that's what these little, these humans do, they, they cluster to find people with like-minded interests. And because all their razes are up, that's all they want to talk about. That's where their focus is. So what that means is people looking to buy a house typically know other people looking to buy a house because that's who they hang out with for that period of time because their raz is up. They know, and they know why other people are looking for certain types of houses in certain school districts in certain towns. They know the pros and cons because they've had those discussions. 
because they're heightened. Their awareness is heightened of other people like that. That, if you ask, why is it that when you ask for referrals, you get the most referrals when you ask during the transaction or while you're working with clients? It's because that's when they're in conversation with like-minded people. So they know other people that are looking or that are at least thinking about looking. If they're thinking about selling their house, they always know 10 people looking to buy because these yahoos think that they can actually sell their house to every buyer. Oh, I might have someone that's going to buy it. The Johnsons are looking to sell, are looking to buy a house and I have a house to sell as if it's a perfect match. Never works out, but they think they do. So they always know. They're always trying to do that kind of stuff, right? So because of that, that's why we always ask for those referrals is because their razz is up. So we want to play off that just like you would with cars. We want to make sure of that, right? And kind of like they're proud of working with you. People always like to be proud of their professional, right? Like people love to brag about their doctor. You aren't gonna find many people that say, man, my doctor's junky. Pretty soon they get rid of that doctor and they find a new one. Like they love their doctor. They love their church, their doctor. People like their accountant. You know what I mean? Generally speaking, there's exceptions, but people tend to brag about their people. People like to be proud of their situation in general. People tend to like their dentist or they'd have another one. I'd recommend you to any of my people, you know? Because if not, I'd probably get one different for myself. So when they're working with you, it's like the ultimate testimonial. Like my agent, the guy who's listing my house, the guy that's showing me, if they'll use you, their friends will use you. Because that's the ultimate testimonial, right? So assuming they like your service, assuming you're providing a high level of service, you're being attentive to them, you're following up with them, they should have no problem referring you if they are in fact working with you. So not only is their RAS up, the fact that they're working with you tells them they can refer you because they themselves have decided to work with you, okay? So with that said, then we need to train them how to think, okay? So this is really important, guys. If your goal which I'm assuming it is. We've talked about how 80% of all transactions done in America come through a sphere of influence. They're either past clients, friends, family members. I think it's somewhere between 77 and 81%. I would just say 80%, but you get the gist. Every year it's somewhere right in that number. And, and technology has done nothing but increase it because it just helps us stay in better contact with them. We don't compete with technology. We actually use it to help us. So if that's the case, you want to build a book of business of people you know that at least know who you are. And I'll tell you right now, at that point in time, we need to tell people that. And that's why we have to say things and remind people from the, from the very outset of when you start working with people, let them know that you work by referral and then you get the vast majority of your business by word of mouth from people that I know and past clients that I've worked with. Tell them that. Tell them that the very first listing appointment and continue to remind them of that, that you don't just work with anyone. 
You work only by word of mouth. Almost separate yourself from people that convert leads from people they don't know, as if there's some lower class of human or, or agent. So that way that you're proud of your business and they should be proud to have been selected to work with you. Does that make sense? So you have chosen to work only with those that have been referred to you by word of mouth. You are not open to the public. You are exclusively working by word of mouth with the people you know. Make sense? That's the mindset you gotta have when you train people how to think about your business. It's something you could be proud of, because it's true. Even if you do convert online leads from people you don't know, um, like I said, you get the vast majority of your business by word of mouth. You don't have to necessarily say all. You can still have an open house and convert someone you don't know inadvertently as you're doing a customer service from your seller client who's a past client. You know, just couldn't help but that get that one. But that's the idea. Okay. So that's that mindset you have to have and you have to, you have to adopt it and, 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 and it works really well. And then you're going to tell people that over and over and you need to set that tone from the outset. Okay. So you remind them of that and you say it early and you say it often. I want you to be saying this almost every chance you get throughout the transaction. We're going to talk when and how throughout the transaction. Okay. So let me show you what this might look like. But here's, I'm going to read a couple of these for you. By the way, the majority of my business comes by word of mouth from past clients. It's how I prefer to run my business. So if you know anyone that is looking to buy or sell a home this year, would you mind referring them to me? That's one way to ask. Okay. I know this starts to get weird because you're asking for stuff while you're providing customer service or something. Don't worry. We're going to get there in a minute. Here's another one. I want to work with more clients like you. And I find that people looking to move no others in the same position. How would you feel about referring my services to them? Here's another. It's been really great working with you thus far. And I really, and I feel really grateful to Jane for introducing you to me. If it wasn't for her, I would have never met you. So I just wanted to take the time to ask you if you know anyone else that is looking to buy or sell a home. And if you would feel comfortable introducing them to me. Who else do you know that needs to move right now? That's a simple one, arguably my favorite. I like them simple and straight to the point. Who else do you know that needs to move right now? You are so great to work with and I find that people typically hang around similar people. I would love to work with more people like you. So do you know anyone looking to move in the near future? Okay. So those are what we call scripted asks. Scripted asks. And they are ways, obviously, that we can ask for referrals throughout the transaction. I'm going to show you a couple more that I've got for you. Just couldn't fit them all on one page. Another very, very simple one right off from the start is who do you know that I should know? Because you are in the process of moving right now, you will overhear a lot of conversations from different people looking to move when you are on a, out and about. When you do, would you mind giving them my, uh, my phone number and ask them to call me? So you can, you can chunk a lot of these together. These are all scripts taken from my clients, by the way, I did not make these up. I literally, oh, a few years back, I got together and I asked everybody for their best, you know, ask scripts. And what are, what are their best scripted asks that they ask their existing clients? 
And, and I got some of those. Now you can Frankenstein them together by mixing them together, um, you know, or, or, or just saying what comes natural and making them your own. So long as we're asking for a referral, I mean, you know, saying things very simply like, hey, I prefer to run my business by uh, referral. And if you like the service that we're providing to you, would you ever have any problem referring me to anyone that you bump into looking to buy or sell in the future? I mean, you just keep rolling with whatever feels natural to you. But what you're doing by asking is you're, you're also training them that you are exclusive. You're also training them. You're asking them, but you're also training them. And this is the only way I get business, guys. So I'm going to ask you, who do you know that I should know? Do you know anybody thinking about moving in the next six months to a year? That type of thing. Make sense? So very, very simple there. Very, very simple. Now, here's the problem. So we choose what we're going to say. And, and I would choose a few. And I'd script them out. Because if you don't script them out, you don't plan. And if you don't plan, it gets awkward when you first try to say it and you bail out and you don't say it. I don't know if you've ever tried to use a script or prospect in any way, shape or form. If you've ever tried to call your sphere of influence anytime for the first time, it's super awkward. Like your first, you know, five or 10 calls, it's weird. You sound terrible, you know, it, you're, to yourself you do at least. The first time you ever door knock, the first time you talk to someone that comes to an open house, you just, you know, you fumble all over yourself. So that little issue, it's very important to know what you're going to say and practice it and force yourself to say it so that I would script it out a few different ways for different times in the transaction. And I'm going to tell you when in the transaction that we're going to, we're going to do this, but I would script it out. So we know, and it, and I always kind of like, you know, I always do this. I always kind of like to put an, Oh, by the way, by it. So there's always a segue. Oh, by the way. And then you roll into your script so it can come after everything. You just kind of create your own segue. Hey, while I've got you, Hey, before I forget those little segues, you can roll right into your script from one of those. It really doesn't matter where you put that. Oh, by the way, before I let you go, things like that. Makes sense. That's your idea. Now, so your scripted asks are very, should be very natural. They could be in your own words. I gave you a ways to Frankenstein them, um, tie them together with a segue and oh, by the way, while I still have you before I let you go so that you can tie in whatever you're talking about. However, you're, you know, whatever you're discussing as you're representing them, you're tying that into that scripted ask. I really want you to try to ask at minimum five times throughout the relationship. I think 10 is a great goal. 10 is a great goal. Let me show you how some top teams get it done. Okay. So this is really cool. The key is to work with in any way, shape or form. You should always look work with listing and closing checklists. Okay. Real important to do that. Okay. And you will be able to download these as well because you're going to flip out on this. I can tell you right now, this is like crack cocaine and you're all like junkies when you, this is what happens. So when I show you this, everybody's like, oh, I want that. I want that. I want me some checklist. Okay. So what happens here, this is the pre-listing checklist. Okay. So notice down here at the bottom, we have a pre-listing checklist that we're looking at right now. It's very small. And then we have a listing to contract checklist there in yellow. 
And then in red, we have a seller closing checklist when you represent the seller side of a transaction. And then the buyer closing checklist when you have the buyer side of a transaction, okay? And you will have all of these. You can download these all on the side here in a minute. So this is your pre-listing checklist, okay? So someone calls and says, I want you to come list my house at 1234 Robertson Boulevard, right? So these are all the things you do. Okay, I'll be over there. How does Friday at 3.30 p.m. work for you? They say, yes, that's great. Now you have now till Friday to get all this stuff ready, okay? If you are working all by yourself, super duper, you get all this ready. If you are, if you have a real estate team, maybe your listing manager or your administrative assistant gets this done for you. And this is the checklist they follow to get you all ready, okay? Now, so these are all the things we're gonna put on there, right? Then once we show up, this takes us all the way to the listing agreement. Once the listing is signed, we transfer over to our listing to contract checklist, okay? Now we can start asking for referrals because we got a listing agreement signed. The minute that agreement is signed in the listing appointment, the first thing I'd say, thanks, you know, I'm very excited to be working with you. Here's the next step, blah, blah, blah. You know, my listing manager is gonna call you or we'll be back here on Friday to take some photos or whatever the heck our next, you know, we're telling them what to do after they agree to list with you. Oh, by the way, just let you know, I work exclusively by referral and I wanna work with more people that I know and the friends of my existing clients. So with that said, do you happen to know anybody looking to move in the near future? Great. Well, if I continue to provide a five-star service to you and exceed your expectations, would you have any problem referring anyone you know that's looking to move to me in the future? And they'll say yes or no. No, I don't have a problem with that. I'd say, okay, great. And now I've set the tone for me to continue asking, right? So I tell them, if I provide a great service to you, would you have any problem referring people you know to me? And they say, no, they'll always say no to that. And then we just keep asking. Assuming they don't have any problems, we just keep asking, right? The problem is I have to remember to do that. So it really needs to be in here because what you're going to do or whoever's managing your checklist for you is you're going to check off down the side as we do each step. So as my listing manager calls immediately after the listing side, hey, this is Karen. I work for Brian Eisenhower. Congratulations. You just listed our home. Welcome aboard. Blah, blah, blah. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to have a lockbox put on there. What what time do you want showing hours? Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to say all those things. And then even my listing manager is going to say, oh, by the way, I'm sure Brian told you we work exclusively by referral. Um, and if we continue to provide a high level of service to you that exceeds your expectations, would you have any problem referring future clients to us down the road? Make sense? So basically, we're going to keep having in my listing to contract and contract to close checklist down here, we're going to have inside the checklist, we're going to have, we're going to have moments where we ask for referrals. Okay. And we're going to pick out moments throughout. And this is going to take us, this is everything from all, you know, scheduling the yard sign to getting, you know, our, our just listed Facebook posts done to getting copies of the keys made to get our open house and mailers done to when the listing goes active on MLS to sending out a gift, a thank you card to whoever referred us this listing, right? You know, we might even start sending out marketing an open house. We might be conducting open houses. And then let's say after our first open house, 
we have in here Brian ask seller for referral. So after the open house, say, hey, John, just want to call back to you, give you some feedback. We had over 25 people through our open house this weekend. We marketed to over 500 people. In fact, my team called 200 of your most immediate neighbors. I just emailed you over a list of all the numbers that we called by hand to market around your listing to invite your neighbors to the open house because we ultimately find the buyer for property is somebody that's a friend or a family member of somebody that already lives in the neighborhood. So we called all of those by hand too. We generated over 25 people, which is a huge turnout for an open house. We had some great prospects come through. Um, so we want to give you some feedback on that. Um, we've had over you know 500 people view your property online, et cetera, et cetera. Just give them some update. Okay. And I'll say, oh, by the way, hey, how's our service we're providing you so far? Okay, great. Hey, if I continue to provide you this high level of service, you know, as you know, and we've told you, we prefer to work by word of mouth. Would you have any problem referring us to anyone you know looking to buy or sell a home in the future? And if you keep moving with that in mind, they'll start to say after a time, see how I'm saying it right after I told them a lot of stuff that most agents never do. But the key is you got to provide good customer service. Most agents never call after an open house and give them a bunch of feedback. Most agents never call and tell them how many online views they've had from their online viewings. They haven't told us how we marketed to all the neighborhoods. They don't tell them that I retargeted a Facebook ad over that got over 850 views for the open house to the area around your open house. You don't tell them that I sent out over 800 emails to my sphere of influence to invite them as well either. But after I tell them all that awesome stuff, which really probably cost me a total of $150 and didn't take much time at all, I train them to understand that I provide a much higher level of customer service than other people. And they're a little bit like, oh, hard to believe we were actually thinking FISBO possibly. Now they're proud to refer you because they know that wow factor I just put in them could easily get put in to one of their friends they, that they refer me to that I'm not gonna let them down if they refer me to someone. So when do I ask for referrals? right after moments when I can wow them. And we call them points of celebration. Points of celebration. There are certain points from listing to contract and contract to close where we wanna put in our listing to contract checklist right at those points, ask for referral so we don't forget it. And we can't keep checking off our checklist because if you're like me and I got a checklist, I mean, I, I gotta have everything checked off. If there's a gap in there, I get all neurotic. I want it complete and I don't want to lie to myself. So I'm going to do the things if they're applicable that are in my checklist. So uh, it's always applicable to ask for referrals and we're going to do it after points of celebration. So after a successful open house where we can talk about our marketing efforts and we get a lot of people to show up there, that is a great time to do it. Okay. Let me show you some other great times. Okay, so we're back over to our checklist and you can see down at the bottom, we were marked, we, were, we rolled through your listing to contract and you're going to see what's going to happen, you know, assuming that, you know, listings actually sit on the market for any period of time. We're always going to be proactively emailing and calling our sellers to let them know what's going on with their property. Don't just let a listing sit, call them every week and update them on how many views, how much activity. 
What's going on with other homes that they're competing with in their neighborhood that are also up for sale that are pending? How did that change the value of their house when they go under contract and ultimately sell? Those are new comps. Find reasons to update them about things. Keep your communication up. You do that, you have lots of opportunities to ask for referrals and continue to wow them. Then we're gonna get offers, we're gonna get an offer accepted. And once the offer is accepted, we start our seller closing checklist, which is right here. If you were on the buy side, you just start over here at the buyer closing checklist. I'm just gonna show you the seller closing checklist now because they're about the same. One of the first things here, we just got an offer accepted. That's a point of celebration. Congratulations, you are under contract. You got through one of the most stressful parts of the transaction. We had over nine offers on your property. We got your home sold for whatever price. That's one of the stressful, you know, one of the most stressful parts of the transaction. So you and your husband should celebrate. And that's why I tell them, celebrate. Tell people to celebrate. Because most people don't. They just drudge through life. Be that cheery person that tells them, I want you this weekend to go out to dinner, buy a couple glasses of champagne for your wife or your spouse, whatever, and celebrate. You got through one of those most stressful steps. You're under contract. We're looking good. And oh, by the way, as I've mentioned, I prefer to work by referral and I want to work with more people like you. So I got to ask you again, do you happen to know anybody looking to buy or sell in the near future? Because remember, their Raz has been up this whole time. They might have bumped into some more people. If they say no, I say, hey, no problem. Hey, with the way things are going, would you ever have any problem referring anyone to me if you did bump into somebody? And then they're going to say, absolutely not. We'd love to. See how I'm training them over time? It's like, sit, doggy, sit, doggy, sit, sit, sit. Pretty soon they'll sit. They'll do what I say. And I'm always doing it when they're happy. I'm always doing it at a point of celebration. So then we scroll through this. And remember, there's a lot of marketing in my checklist. I don't want to forget anything like just listed, just sold, under contracts, ask for referrals, sell pending Facebook posts, sale pony, pending mailer flyers, all those types of things all the way through. Then the house appraises for value. Remember, I'm referring to seller. Hooray! Guess what? Your house just appraised for value. Believe it or not, with housing prices going up this fast, that's a big deal. So celebrate. We actually got your house to appraise for our contracted for price. And believe it or not, that doesn't happen every day. You probably didn't know this, but we got to sell your house twice. We got to sell it to a buyer and then sell it again to an appraiser. Guess what? We just sold your house twice. Way to go. Oh, by the way, while I've got you, another point of celebration. Then the inspector comes in. In comes the inspector and they send you a request for repairs. You negotiate the repairs and the cost to be made. Congratulations, gang. We can now close the negotiations of your home formally. There really is nothing more to negotiate. Now we are clear to close. So celebrate. Now we just worry about you moving and getting those moving trucks and getting moved. So all the headaches are behind us. No more negotiating anything. And oh, by the way, by now, they're probably just going to say it before I even ask the question. Hey, our neighbors, Janet and Bob are thinking about moving because I've got, I mean, they're like my little freaking, you know, mina bird now. It's like, 
we're gonna, you know, I, these these people work for me, and and then they know I'm always saying it with good news, so it's always well received because I picked the right timing. I picked the right time. It's kind of like if you're gonna kiss a girl, you do it on New Year's Eve, right when the clock six twelve. That's like the right timing. Same deal. I've actually never really tried that one, but seemed like a good analogy. So the that's the idea. Now, same deal. I mean, obviously at closing, when you give them the keys, that's probably the best time. Okay. So then you'll notice on my checklist, you know, five days before closing, that's when it gets really heated in here, right? That's when you're, everybody's getting their ducks in a row, right? Loan docs coming in, you know, insurance has to be in, everything. Everybody's got to do everything last minute, right? So everybody's doing everything those five days before closing. And the day of closing on my checklist, lots going on day of closing. And then there's post-closing. Post-closing, the first thing I would do is, okay, we're going to give them the keys. That's got to be an event if you work by referral. You know, and if you can't be there, at least pick up the phone and call them and say, hey, the keys are here, whatever. Or someone's dropping them by or something. But call them. Congratulate them. Tell them to celebrate. Tell them to celebrate. Don't skip that. You need to tell them how to feel. When people are moving, it is one of the most stressful times in their life. So when people are moving, they tend to get caught up in the moment and they get really stressed out. You have to stop and tell them to not be stressed. Instead, say, celebrate. You're kicking butt, guys. Be real positive. Don't be one of those agents that freaks everybody out like a worry wart. Like, I'm afraid, I'm cautious. Well, I don't know. And you, a lot of agents do this and they, they, they make their life miserable. They act like they want to justify how hard of a job they're doing. So they act like everything is really serious. They really do. Can you imagine if your doctor was like this? Seriously. Oh, I don't know. This seems pretty rough. You could really be in for it here. I'm going to have to really save the day on this one. I'm not sure you're going to make it. You know what I'm saying? That's what agents do. Like, I don't know, this this other agent's real tricky. They're, they're being a shyster. This seller, I don't know, I'm gonna have to save you. Thank God you've got me is basically what they're doing. And what you're doing is you're getting your client angry at the other side. The last thing you want is your client angry at the other client, or it's gonna make your job a nightmare. They're not gonna be amenable or fair about anything. So don't be positive. Say, guys, you're doing great. This is easy. No problem. Be happy. Tell them how to feel. Be positive. Don't make them all stressed out. Don't make them all serious. Don't make them all cautious. Don't do that. There's nothing about this that requires that. These are plug and play contracts. If something goes wrong, of course you disclose it. But don't freak them out unless you absolutely have to. It's already stressful enough for them. If you want them to have a good home buying experience, tell them to have one. Show them how, tell them how to feel. Tell them to celebrate. Tell them to be happy. Tell them they're doing a great job. If you do that, you can ask for referrals all the time because you're making the home buying experience fun. You're telling them it's fun. So they're going to believe you. I love working with you guys. They're going to believe that all about you. Now, moving back in, and we're going to talk about this one too. Because remember, we ask for referrals through a checklist. That's why I'm showing you a listing and closing checklist because it is all driven by a checklist or you will not ask. You'll ask maybe once. You'll get too afraid to do it at the listing agreement. 
if you don't have it as a checklist item, you'll, you'll have no accountability to do it. She goes, oh, I'll just do it later, right? You missed that opportunity, which means you miss everybody they talk to, right? If their house goes up for sale, which is crazy. That's when most people find out that they're selling and talk to them. Say, I'm thinking about selling too. So after closing, we have a lot of other checklists too. Like we got just listed, just sold, thank you. Then what we're gonna do is we're gonna set it in our CRM. We're gonna go into our CRM for 30, 90 day, maybe 120 day reminders to follow up, to continue to provide customer service. And then one on their home anniversary day, which is the day they bought a year from now. And every year it's gonna be their happy home anniversary day. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to, and I'm going to go back into this in a minute. Okay. Then you're going to see down at the key contract date. This is just for my listing checklist. I always have my key contract dates and deadlines down at the bottom. And then all my inspections, here's all the inspections, who's doing them, when they're going to be done and how I got the reports for those. Why? Because when I do my weekly emails to everybody I've got under contract and everybody that I'm at, that I have an active listing with, I'm always going to remind them of these in every email. It's just going to be cut and paste once a week. Here's your update, upcoming dates to remember. Here's your update, upcoming inspections. Here's the contingency removal date. Here's the closing date. I'm always going to remind them of that every single week. It's amazing we don't do that as agents. It's so easy. It's already on your checklist. You just copy and paste anyway. You do that, you'll be ahead of 99.9% .9 of agents out there. It's so freaking easy. And it's a way to preventatively communicate. And you're going to see that wow factor is all you need to be able to ask for referrals over and over again. They're saying, man, they, you really got it together. Okay. So we always have those down at the bottom and the buyer closing checklist really isn't any different. It's just the buyer side of things. You have a few more work to do on the contingencies and things like that, but the same thing all the way up to five days before closing, day of closing, after closing, and you still have your key contracts and deadlines and inspection checklist, right? So you're gonna download that from the side as well too. Now, the key here is once they're a past client, I said, you're always going to get the most transactions and the most business if you ask them during the transaction. Wouldn't it be neat if your transaction never ended? And this is how we make it never end because I want it to never end, right? And that has to do with follow up. We have a past client. How do we continue to follow up with them not annoy them. I know what you're thinking, right? How do I do this where I don't annoy them? Well, we want to tie it into customer service. We want to tie it into customer service. So like we're doing, we do it after points of celebration, but we can also do it as a follow-up customer service call. So let me show you what that might look like. Here's a past client follow-up script for 30, 90, 180 days. And we can also do it on their on their home anniversary. Like I said, I probably should put that on there. Hi, John, it's Brian Eisenhower with ABC Real Estate. I'm just calling in to check in with you to see how you're doing in your new home. How's your new home been treating you? Remember that the key is the key here is to continue to ask questions to uncover a need that you can help with, right? How has your new home been treating you, right? I've, I remember some things you wanted to change. What have you done to it so far? So now I'm asking what they've done to it. Get me up to speed. Did you ever put on that new house? Did you put hardwood floors in? What is it you were trying to do? Did you ever landscape the backyard? Did you put in a pool? You know, those types of things. Even if you don't remember what they said they were gonna do, say, have you done anything to the home so far? Anything you've changed? 
great. What worker improvements are you planning in the future? Okay. Now they might need your help. If they're planning on doing some work, some repairs, maybe something's wrong with the house and they need to fix some things. Now we're really talking because that's when you can start washing their windows, right? Now we can say, hey, I'll tell you what. I want to be your uh, your go-to person for your house. My customer service does not stop at closing, guys. Um, I want to be your own personal Angie's list for your home. So if you have any problems with that, with your property or any work you ever want to do, please call me first. I can get some of my vendors out there. And I mean, I give these guys a lot of business. And because I give them a lot of business, I can hold them to the highest level of customer service and make sure they give you the most reasonable prices. So always call me first. Remember, I do my business by word of mouth. So I've got to treat my clients the best. I'm pretty particular who I work with. So with that being said, I'm going to get those guys out. I'm going to give you their names and numbers. You call them, you tell them that I told you to call. Or I can send them out and have them give you two bids for the property. And now I've added value to them. I've come from contribution. I'm calling to see what they need and I'm filling that need. Make sense? So I've got a huge list of preferred vendors I work with. In fact, you might even ask them, Who do you, who's worked on your house? Have they done a good job? I'm always trying to grow out by referral. Remember, I do my business by referral too. So with that being said, who do you know that you could refer me to that's looking to buy or sell a house? in the near future. They're going to remember that. This guy's attentive. This guy's all over me. He's still trying to help. Remember, after closing, you can help with people. So you ask questions. How can I help with people? What do they need? Are they having problems with their school? Do they need a list of private schools. You know, what do they need? Do they need a better gardener? That's where you come in. You work by referral with a sphere of influence. Remember, we talked about the importance of building out your vendor database. This is why, because you're a connector. You don't sell houses, you sell relationships. That's what they really need an agent for. They need someone that's a go-to for all their needs in life. You have to be that community connector, guys. You have to be the person that helps all those vendors in your database, they're gonna appreciate it too. <clears throat> If they need a dentist, if they need a new doctor, give it to them. You should have it. If they need an attorney, give it to them. You should have it. You got to have those things. And if not, we've taught you how to get them. Real easy to grow your vendor database. Everybody wants business, right? So that's the idea. We're following up to see how they're doing with the house, reminding them that they should come to you for anything they need with that house. Check with you first because you've got a big database you can help. And then you're asking for a referral every single time. You'll probably be the first freaking agent to ever call them after closing to see how they're doing. You know what most agents do, many of you do, is you get your commission check, tell yourself you provide the best customer service for some reason, and then never call them again. Horrible, horrible, but yet you think you provide the best customer service because you're too afraid to even call them. Isn't that crazy? 
That's how crazy this is up here. So stop listening to it. Listen to me. Don't listen to this. This is crazy town up here. You're the mayor of it. Stop it. Relinquish control. Give control to me. I will tell you what you need to do to do a better job for your clients and make you and your family more income at the same freaking time. Don't think one comes at the expense of the other. They are in direct alignment, always. Your brain just tells you one comes at the expense so you don't have to do anything uncomfortable. Your brain doesn't wanna do anything uncomfortable. Your brain doesn't wanna to try to do anything. Your brain wants to keep you right there on that freaking couch, watching Netflix, doing nothing. That's why you gotta stop listening to your brain. There, just as much evil comes up here as good, okay? So you've got to increase your customer service. You've got to do follow-up calls. You've got to use your CRM. You've got to automate this process. You've got to use checklists. That makes sense? So that's the idea here now. Um, so I really, so that's, a, you know, this is a very complete list. And I like to have marketing in there as well too, okay? Thank you for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Trainer Podcast, sponsored by Eisenhower Coaching and Consulting. For more information about real estate coaching or to watch Brian's training videos, check out therealestatetrainer.com or find us on social media. And remember, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you get the latest episodes as soon as they're available.